This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, people, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number six, and I'll be talking to one of my favorite singers, Isabella DeGraff. You'll want to listen through this one because she shares some of her singing talent with us in this episode. For those of you listening for the first time, the Bushwick Variety Show is a podcast where I talk to a variety of artists, innovators, and visionaries every week and share their stories, lessons, and insights in hopes that they inspire you to pursue your goals and dreams. New episodes come out every Monday and Thursday and are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and other places podcasts are available. Please subscribe, share, and rate, and review if you want to. Any of or all of those are appreciated very much. I talked to Isabella a few weeks ago, the day after her release party for her album Love, Love, Question Mark, Love, Period, or Love, Love, Love. I've known her since she was in high school singing in the Seattle jazz scene. I've always been a fan of hers and look forward to sharing our talk with you. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to Brooklyn. City of Kings, my home. Press record, right, okay. get some levels a little bit. Pretty much. Let's get right into it. All right, sounds good. Oh, I have a good radio voice today. Yeah. <laughs> Isabella DeGraff, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. You uh, just released a new album? Yes, I did, called Love, comma, Love, question mark, Love, period. Nice. And that's available on iTunes and... iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, the whole nine, so it's pretty much everywhere. Um, I listened to the beginning of it this morning, actually, um... So is it, uh, what was the inspiration for the album? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think just getting back to the basics of feeling love in whatever form that it manifests, you know, um, obviously the title, you know, love, uh, comma, love, question mark, love, period, you know, what is love? Um, in what form does it, you know, manifest itself? You know, whether it's heartbreak or passion or, you know, something not intimate or whatever you know that was really the inspiration of it you know and I I did grow up doing jazz music and kind of grew up around those all those love songs and so I think that was like that just was was what was in my mind at the time you know just wanting to talk about love to sing about love what's what's your uh so the inspiration was love, um, and that was like kind of the concept. Uh, how do you go about songwriting? Man, it it's never the same for mm-hmm. me. It's always different. Um, some songs I start writing the piano part first, and I'll you know create the chord structure and the chord changes and uh, the arrangement of the song with the melody even before the lyrics take place. And then sometimes uh, lyrics come first, and then a melody seems to fit those lyrics perfectly so it's really just dependent of the mood I'm not really like a I don't have a rule book of how I'm supposed to write any songs it just happens how it happens yeah yeah 
Nice. Um, so you have a jazz background. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I met you the first time back in Seattle. Um, I th- yeah, and I think I, I'm trying to remember how this happened, but I'd either I either met your sister right before or right after that. And I think it was right before because um, we were like working for the same bar. They had yeah. two different bars. And we worked um, just like one day. It was like the Bite of Seattle. Right. And we were talking about music and talking about, you know, singing and art and stuff. And she mentioned you. And then my uncle was in town and he was a jazz musician. And so he wanted a place to go. And yeah. I had heard about Tula's. And then, yeah, you were there. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, Ferris's exactly. sister. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I think I was like 14 or something at the time. Yeah. It was, it was quite a long time ago. Yeah. So it was 15 years ago. <laughs> so you were you were at Roosevelt High School in the jazz Roosevelt. vocal program. Yes, there? I was. And you now were you singing? Were you training in jazz before that, or how did that happen? So yeah, it's really interesting actually. Lauren, my oldest sister, she used to sing jazz um, for Roosevelt as well. And around that time, she had uh, gone to compete at the Lionel Hampton Jazz Festival, and I. Um, went to go see her perform. She ended up winning in her division. And um, my middle school teacher at the time had seen her win. And he didn't know that I, you know, was would like to be musically inclined. I didn't know for sure if I wanted to be musically inclined at that point. But he approached me and said, can you sing like your sister? And I said, sure. <laughs> he said, well, great. I want you to come in and sing with the middle school jazz band. So that's like really where it started for me, Mr. Escobedo. Extend Middle School. Okay. <laughs> and then throughout that time, I always had uh, been studying piano um, and jazz piano as well and taking lessons outside of school. And then, uh, you know, getting into Roosevelt, that was a whole other thing, a whole other door that opens, opened so many opportunities for me, um, getting to go compete and play with the jazz band and just, you know, learn about music, learn about jazz music more from Mr. Brown you know, that uh, public school education, you know, in Seattle, especially uh, the music departments, there's something special yeah. happening there. So. And so what uh, what happened after high school? Man, so after high school, um, everything went downhill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, after high school, I went to NEC and I actually, New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. And I had initially, I think I told my mom I applied to like, 15 schools or something I actually only applied to like two schools Berkeley being one of them Mm -hmm. and New England Conservatory being the other one I didn't get into Berkeley uh, which is a funny kind of thing that maybe we could talk about later but um and NEC I did get into and um so I ended up going there into Boston and studying with Dominique Eade and you know a lot of the jazz greats Billy Hart Cecil McBee um John McNeil, all these guys. So it was pretty, it was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, college, uh, were you saying, I'm guessing you were singing out. Yeah, I was. I mean, I wasn't doing so many gigs per se throughout college, but just performing with my, you know, fellow, the fellow students at NEC and just jamming a lot. You know, it's unfortunate that there's not that many jazz venues in Boston for a lot of the artists to be able to tap into that are coming out of there. Um, But there is like these communities within 
the school mm-hmm. that you get to really, you know, get to know other people better and get to play with them all the time and, you know, practice for hours at end, jam for hours at end. And it was really kind of that a lot yeah. in college, just jamming. And immersing yourself yeah, in the music. Exactly, as much as you could. I think um, just like thinking back, uh, this is fun doing this podcast because to like reconnect with people and of course meet new people, but especially like people that I kind of know, like thinking about how I've stayed aware of people. And yeah. I'm pretty sure we are probably like MySpace friends back then yes, or something. top eight. Um, so you like... <laughs> Yeah, so you follow kind of what was, that was like the place for music, like especially like funny? independent music back then. Yeah, It's so funny. No, I was actually just having this conversation with Nick because he helped co-produce some of the album and him and I met through MySpace, you mm-hmm. know, however many years ago and like Godspeed and like that, you know, like the, kind of those local Seattle hip hop groups. That was like the way that people connected, you know, that's the way that people kind of sought out their community, you know, it was it's really crazy how technology and social media has evolved and MySpace is no longer, <laughs> I yeah. don't think I even know how to get into my MySpace anymore. <laughs> and it's probably still up there too. It like I'm sure is. mine is. Um, but yeah, like I think Drake and Macklemore, those are two people that really jumped off of MySpace. Yeah. Like really, um, yeah. maybe even early Kendrick Lamar. Like I, th- I feel like back then, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, yeah. Maybe is when it started shifting away. Right. But like now it's it was like two thousand and like seven or six yeah. when when Facebook came yeah. along. Yeah. You know. So when it was no longer the Facebook, but now it's just Facebook. Facebook. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I know. It's crazy. Time flies, man. Yeah. So have you been um primarily living in uh, obviously you were in Boston. Um where did you live after that? I went back to Seattle so I lived in Boston from 2006 to 2011 so solid 5 years there and then I decided I want to go back home and um I just connected with, you know, music friends there and we I just started immersing myself in music again in my own community, or my hometown community and um you know, making music with friends from mm-hmm. there, you know, and just kind of rode that wave yeah, a little bit, yeah. Do you come out to New York uh, often or from time? Not often enough. Yeah? Yeah, but after last night, um, definitely have some ideas coming up, so I'll be out here more often. Tell me about uh, last night a little bit, because I really wanted to be there, um, just kind of with the launch of the podcast and everything. I had work things, and then I had pre-existing plans that I was still trying, and then everything got pushed back yesterday. But had I known ahead of time, like that would have, I would have loved to have been Shame there. Shame on my marketing people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, not, you know, um, but how is, how's New Blue? Cause when New Blue is great. Um, man, it was awesome. Just to, real quickly. Cause when I got here the other night, the first thing that I did was I went to a Roy Ayers concert at, um, nice. Yeah. Heard about that. Oh my gosh. It was sick. And that's part of what I love about, you know, New York city is you can just go into these clubs and you can stumble upon a legend, you know, that you've wanted to see your whole life. And it's just, jazz is not dead here. I'll say that, you know, it's, there is music thriving everywhere into every pocket of every neighborhood, um, whatever genre that might be. And I just loved that. So last night was super special because it was, for me, it was my first show in 
Brooklyn, I was celebrating the release of my album. You know, Casa was celebrating the release of his EP. And it was a really special night because I felt like really a part of a community, you know, a strong community. And it just was a sacred place where everyone was welcome and mm-hmm. felt safe and just really had a good time and was there for the music and to support one another. So nice. that was special. Yeah. And in Seattle, is Tula still around or what's... It is still around. Um, I have to make it back there because I actually haven't been there for a while. But it's still around. Yeah. You know, it's one of those main kind of staples of Seattle is my stomping ground, at least. So. Yeah. Now, your new album, um, that's R&B and Soul, or that's what iTunes, you know, requires you to list it as. Right. Something like that. I think I'm a classic soul artist, according to Google. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I'm sure (laughs) there's still jazz influences and everything else. Absolutely. I I hate to label myself just because I'm just a culmination of all these things that I've been influenced Mm -hmm. throughout my life, you know, majoring in jazz performance, but always kind of having another foot in the hip hop community in Seattle. So it's just kind of a fusion of all this, the music that I've loved. Yeah. Listening to. Yeah. And grew up around. It's tricky. Um, Like my band is also like, I guess I tried to label it some different things, but it comes back to R&B and soul also. Same reasons like hip hop, um, Mm -hmm. other elements, and I guess the other option would be hip hop, or neo soul or something. Yeah, Um, but even neo soul is tricky because I definitely look, and a lot of my influences are old. Yeah, like what I listen to currently is mostly new hip hop or new soul. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of hip hop, Um, (laughs) but yeah. So tell me about you and uh, because you've I've also seen you um with different a lot of different collaborations of like hip-hop artists over the over the years yeah I mean I think that's just kind of um a result of being in the communities that I have been in and um you know becoming friends with people from different communities too um yeah I mean I've collaborated with yeah a ton of Seattle hip it's interesting the Seattle hip-hop scene it's like they really are like self-sustaining you know um, everyone in Seattle supports everyone doing artistic stuff within Seattle. So you can really kind of like thrive in that pocket. And I think that's also why it's hard for artists to get out and escape out of there. Um, because they get like in a comfort zone, you know, it's like, oh, this is a self-sustaining community. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But, you know, you have to push yourself further sometimes to get out of there, um, and do more and try to collaborate with, more people. So yeah, I've collaborated with a lot of hip hop artists because a lot of hip hop artists from Seattle were reaching out to me wanting to collaborate. And I was all for it because I enjoy creating and I like collaborating with people and doing whatever. And um, and that just happened to be kind of like the avenue that was most prominent, I guess. Yeah. Coming from there. Do you rap at all? <laughs> <laughs> When I am alone <laughs> and no one can hear me, I am not a good rapper. I've, I've, yeah, no, maybe one day. Are there any uh, recordings out there that I like? Have, has anybody uh, recorded you oh at gosh. all? Gosh, uh, rapping? Yeah. Oh my gosh, no. I mean, I think there's like a couple songs that I did with maybe um, Godspeed that people kind of referred to like on a blog or something as like singing rapping, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like rapping, but more with like a melody attached to it too. Yeah. And I was like, that's just singing to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
you know, mm-hmm. as far as like rapping, rapping, no, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very good at it. I'll leave that to the experts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a definitely like a connection, lyrics and, and rapping, you know, yeah. um, or you could say singing is rapping right. with melodies, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started rolling uh, about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, tell me about that. Um, as far as you're very well known, you know, amongst like the Seattle community and like some of the jazz and soul community as a singer. Um, and then your sisters are each known also in their own individual rights. But I think that in like the Seattle community, at least, I know I kind of think of you like this and some people think of me and my brother in this way. You're when you think of you or when I think of you, I kind of think about your like you see a strong sisterly right bond. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, it's it's funny because when in Seattle, I mean, I was the youngest of the bunch, too. So wherever I went, it was like, oh, are you one of so are you so and so sister? You know, like mm-hmm. are you Lauren's sister? Are you Ferris's sister? You're one of the DuGraff girls, aren't yeah. you? You know, like that was always kind of a common catchphrase that I always heard. I'm like, yep, that's one of me. Or a funny time when I was at Bumper Shoot where someone actually, you know, mistake, mistook, mistook me for my sister. And she, he gave, he handed me a flower and he was like, here you go, Lauren. And I said, oh, I'm not Lauren. He said, oh, and he took the flower back. <laughs> so definitely, you know, that happens a lot. And again, being from a small community, everyone knows everyone, you know, whether personally or more like acquaintances or whatever. And um, yeah, but now they're, you know, now I hear more like, are you Ferris's sister? You know, because she's popping off with her jewelry thing and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's my sister. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my sister, Ferris, you know. So and Lauren's doing amazing stuff, too. I mean, she just wrote that article for Playboy magazine. Nice. Um, on jazz music in Cuba, which is coming out in May. So make sure everyone go pick up a copy of Playboy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because the joke back in the day was always like people would say, oh, I read Playboy for the articles. Right. But really, no, actually, really, people do read, pick up a Playboy for the articles. Yeah, like Alex yes. Haley, who wrote yeah. the autobiography yeah. of Malcolm X, yeah. like a lot of great writers yeah. come out of there and seriously are there like. No, it's really good publication. I mean, seriously, I'm all for it. So, you know, I get it for the articles, <laughs> <laughs> especially now that my sister is in there. So I have to. So is she uh, has she written anything for them before or is this like a, a first time? This is the first time, you know, she's been doing a lot of different stuff. She was living in D.C. Uh, doing research for the Holocaust Museum. Um, and that was after she had been in Baltimore and she was teaching at a prison. She was teaching English, you know, to the inmates there. And then, um, now she's kind of based out of New York, but has a fellowship at Yale. So she's, she's all over the place, but that was her first article for Playboy. Hopefully not the last. Nice. (laughs) And, uh, you, do you have plans to tour or what's, uh, what's, what's your plans for the project from here? That's a great question. I this project took like six plus years to yeah. make. Um, it was really a, a labor of love, and um, I'm already on to the next project, but I'm not like letting go of it. You know, 
something that an artist from Seattle had mentioned to me, Soul, actually, he, you know, had congratulated me on my release and he said something that really stuck with me, like to, even though I've let this project out there, to not like let it go, don't forget about it, you know, it's it's a good project and it yeah. shouldn't be forgotten about, it should be celebrated and don't just let the the wave roll out, you know, to shore, you know, and, and die out, like, like let it continue you know, to um, open up more opportunities for you. So uh, f- hopefully from this project, I'll be able to, I would like to do a tour. I would like to do a tour. Um, so we'll see. I have a couple ideas. You might be seeing me back out here in June. Nice. For a couple things. And then, yeah. Definitely, you know, keep me posted on that. And I I'll, will. I'll keep everybody who listens to this posted on that, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. Nice. And uh, do you want to talk about your next project at all, too? Or I I don't know like n- enough about it yet to mm-hmm. really talk about it, except for that I've already completed a few songs. And I'm finding that most of, you know, it's interesting being an artist because when I'm putting out my music, I'm super vulnerable, right? You're yeah. so vulnerable. You're like literally, for me at least, I'm like literally putting my my journal, my diary. Yeah in music, you know, which maybe I shouldn't share with everyone because then they'll be like, oh, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You know, they are real feelings, um, real emotion. But the projects that I continue to work on are all inspired from my experience of what I'm going through right now or what I've been through, you know, or what I would like to experience. Yeah, my first impression of the songs I've listened to off your album um, definitely were, is sounded like, it sounded real, sounded truthful. It was very real. Yeah. You know, definitely. So it was also, because it's been such an ongoing process, there's a lot more like, I feel like of the love period Mm -hmm. in the album versus like the love question mark. But I think the love question mark might come out more in, the second project mm-hmm. <laughs> as I've I've gotten older as well you know experienced a lot more things since I started writing that last album and yeah you know experiences always change yeah so nice yeah that's all I'll say about that yeah. keep it a secret <laughs> um what else what uh is there anything you want to talk about man I don't know I'm just, I'm still just riding the wave of last night. Um, it was such a great, great uh, opportunity, a uh, great venue. The energy was on point. Everyone that was there, just like, like I was saying, it just was a very sacred space. And I'm just still kind of feel in that sacred space too. You know, even coming out here, doing the interview with you. Thank you for coming out. Yes, thanks for having me, you know. It's crazy, you know, we met in Seattle and here we are in your studio in Brooklyn. Yeah. And to me, it just shows you how like small this world really is. Yeah. It's surreal. I think it's um, like I'm doing this because I think it's important. Um, I've been frustrated and not just frustrated, but um, I feel determined to try to do something about like kind of the layout of the music and entertainment mm. system is right now the industry 
um some things are like the way they are but like um the major label thing that's that's pretty much completely gone from what it was back in the day and that's fine um but then with the internet and with social media we have a lot more power Mm -hmm. as um independent artists to to be our own platform Mm -hmm. and for me yeah it's about like let's try to connect and build bridges and keep that connection strong and like help each other you know hell yeah because it is hard it is really really hard i mean with everything you know the way that technology advances it's easier for us to have a platform to be able to share our ideas share our thoughts our opinions um share our emotion and it equally can be as hindering so you have to be careful right i mean um, maybe more specifically like i'll talk about streaming music or something Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was like pretty standard that you would pay for an album that you wanted to listen to unless you like bootlegged it off a Napster or something. Yeah. But now, you know, you have all these streaming platforms like Spotify or Tidal or even Amazon has its own. Even iTunes, iTunes has yeah. its own now. And I think like artists make point zero zero seven cents off of every stream that they have. So I'm pretty sure I'm raking in the big bucks off Spotify. Right yeah. Now. Well, even like, I mean, with Apple, like for the, because of, because of the streaming and everything, when I've released things, it's like for the few sales, like the percentage on those. Like, it's insane. It's still, you know. It's insane. It really is. Um, so yeah, no, being able to utilize technology and the way that it's evolved into yeah, a good platform, like you're saying, you know, building bridges, connecting people, you know, having bi-coastal interviews or whatever, yeah. you know, doing that kind of stuff. It's awesome. You yeah. know, you wouldn't have been able to do that as easily 10 years ago. You know, if you did, maybe you'd put it on MySpace or something. But, you know, this, so you find a way to utilize the platform you're given I think, uh, yeah, like another thing with social media and with with being connected and seeing what people are doing, like the the good part, yeah, like we're connected and and we can do things with that. I think one of the other hard parts, and it's in our own head, but um, you see people doing things and you see the story that's presented on social media and you're going through things, you're going through struggles, and sometimes you can compare yourselves to like others all the time and kind of feel insecure and mm-hmm. feel like other people are living a better life. Absolutely. When really like when you actually meet and talk to them, it's like we're all in different places at different times and always going through things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the struggles that you're going through are the same ones that Absolutely. everybody else is. Absolutely. Know? No, I think definitely um, it's tricky, man, with Instagram it's especially tricky, Tricky, I feel like. I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve, I think. I'm one of those artists that kind of, I delete a lot of my tweets, tweets or or my Instagram stories, mainly because my sister will call me up and be like, you should take that down. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> but, but it shows you, I mean, like people project, you know, a certain image that they want other people to perceive. And mm-hmm. as an artist, I've always just kind of been like, I just kind of say... What I want, I have a, I don't have a filter all the time, um, but it's tricky, you know, because it kind of almost 
desensitizes people too. And I think that's kind of scary, you know, because it makes you feel like having what are very human feelings aren't normal, even though they really are. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I could project all love all day through every one of my posts, but it wouldn't be true to what I'm necessarily experiencing all the time, you know? So I think it's important to also show that side, you know, not be like a negative Nancy or whatever, but, you know, give people reassurance that, you know, emotion is real and normal, you know? Life is not all about the ups, the highs, you know, the happiness isn't always happy, you know, pain, uh, suffering, hate. These are all very real emotions, whether you are subjected to them or whether you feel them. And I think that those things should also be talked about, too. Yeah. And also with that, like the... um the glamorous part that people see of um, going on tour or performing on a stage in a nice club in New York City, um, releasing an album, um, that part is great. And there's also like lots of struggles and it's all part of it. Um, Cause some people are chasing fame and there's nothing wrong with that, but like music or these things that you, do it's like it's like what are you actually right chasing right you know what i mean right Um, it's true no i know it's very true i struggle with it myself you know i'm like what the image i'm projecting what does it seem like i'm you know chasing or whatever i'm not really chasing anything (laughs) but the magic but but the it's worth it when you perform on that stage yeah absolutely no, that's that's what I'm chasing, I yeah. guess, is, you know, just those real life experiences, that energy, you know, I'm chasing that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm chasing that energy. <laughs> so uh, when did you fly into New York this time? I, I got in on uh, Tuesday or was Tuesday. I came from Boston, actually. I was visiting Boston beforehand. Nice. And I came here. Did you play any music in Boston? I did not. I did not. Nope, the the venue situation is pretty much the same <laughs> since I left there. Yeah. Very limited, but um, no, I was actually there for uh, other purposes, so, yeah. The venue system in New York is pretty complicated, too. Um, I'm, I'm, like, I'm just being exposed to New Blue now, but it's, like, literally in the past couple of weeks just keeps coming up over and over again, so I have to check it out. It's um, those algorithms. You probably said New Blue once in your phone. No, now but it's, up. like, in, in person. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it was... I had the conversation with Casa. He told me about the release. Um, and then our friend Aaron Walker Loud is planning yeah. something there in like a month. And then this other guy, hip hop artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, this other guy, Seydu, um, he's a hip hop artist. Um, he's here. He's pretty dope. Too. He's thinking of, like, he was, he's, I think, a, planning a release party or a show for something. Yeah. And I was asking him where he was thinking about. And he was like, well, maybe New Blue. And I'm just like, man. It keeps popping up all keeps the time. Popping now. Up. That's how it works. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm not too well versed with the New York venue uh, system, but um, from my experience last night, I think that it can be tapped into. Yeah, and it is a very welcoming, you know, much more welcoming than a lot of other places. Yeah, you know, 
And that probably comes from, you know, New York being a melting pot of so many different people from so many different uh, points around the world or the country. So, yeah, we'll see. I'll let you know. I'll let you know how that the venue system is once I get into more venues. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, um, where's the best place for people to find you at? Oh, you can find me anywhere. Um, the best place for people to find me, I mean, I always just tell people to choose their preferred platform and you'll find me there. Yeah. Rather than, you know, the best place to find me. But wherever you prefer to find someone, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, CD Baby. Shout out to CD Baby. I know. <laughs> thank you. Really, though, they are still they're still going strong and I appreciate yeah. that. I was like where I f- released my first album, I think, yeah. when I was 14 on CD Baby. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize it's been that long. Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been they've been doing the same thing for years now. So Same mission, yep. same, same, same mission, concept. Same mission, for sure. can appreciate that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you have any final words or thoughts you want to leave with? Oh, man. Um, love over hate. You know, just, um, yeah, love, love, love. Nice. And then this part we might cut out, um, but it occurs to me, would you be interested in singing a song or anything? Interested in singing? I mean, maybe. Because I think I haven't tried to say you'd be the first one. Okay. But you play and sing? I mean, I can. It's, I mean, you don't have to. He's putting me on the spot. Well, I this mean, I part. Could, I could sing a little bit of like one of my songs, maybe. I could yeah, try it out. That's what I we was. We could see how it goes. Yeah. You might have to cut it out. <laughs> Want to try it out? Let's try it. Sure. Why not? All right. Let's cool. see how it goes. Okay. All right. I'm rolling okay, again. can't believe I found someone Who makes me want to put my guard down The things we share I never share with anybody else The things we do yeah, I never done with them and I go around in circles lost with you lost with you 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 and I go around in circles lost with you lost with There's no one that I'd rather be with when I'm lost with you, baby. Ooh, oh, oh, honey, you know you can't blame me for feeling this way. There's nothing, 
There's nothing that I'd rather be doing when I'm lost with you, baby. So dope. Thank you very much, <laughs> Isabella. You're welcome. So that was Isabella DeGraff. Check out her new album, Love, 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 or Love, Love, Love. Check it out on iTunes, anywhere you check out music. Check her out at IsabellaDeGraff.com or on any of your favorite social media platforms, and you will find her. I'm so glad she was able to stop by before she headed back to Seattle, and I'm so glad I asked her to sing. That was excellent. Thank you guys very much for listening. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you back on Monday. This is the Bushwick Variety Show.